0: If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blammo, all free, for you to dive into. Thanks so much. If there's one person who knows every If You Know You Know brand, it's Nico Lazaro. For most folks, he's the source of new trends, ideas, and has been experimenting with his look for ages. But before that, yes, like all of us, he was making business cards for his Tumblr. Hello, Vistaprint! eventually making his way as an early employee at grailed but his career along the way was shocking but unfortunately more common than we all realize nico has always been a member of the slack popping in to drop knowledge bombs here and there and i'm pleased to say rob convinced him to come hang so rob nico and i chat how he found his way into the whistleblower fashion site diet prada working at grailed what brands he's been into and the superpower of being a nerd online grab a turkey leg it's blammo extra baby
1: Thanks so much for joining. It's my pleasure, you know, long-time fan, obviously, a uh, member of the Slack group. It's great to like, I don't know, I mean, we've been like, we've known each other for over 10 years now.
0: <laughs> At least, yeah, because I was going to yeah. say, I first met you and, you know, when you were like the Bengal Stripe.
1: Yeah, I met you and Lawrence and You were the Vistaprint, Vistaprint card. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I got like I don't know how many thousands of cards and I was just like, you know, handing them out willy nilly, but I don't know if anyone actually held on to those.
0: <laughs> yeah. I it's funny, I feel like those are like someday those will go in like the hall of hall of lore of Menswear stuff is every blogger's previous, you know, business card for capsule.
1: <laughs> right. With the title of Creative Director. Yeah, Creative Director. Yeah. CEO oh, wow. and founder. <laughs> Um, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, those are so funny.
0: Because I well, that was going to say that that was the one thing that like everyone had to have one because that was the only way you could get in to capsule at the time is you had to prove that you were a business owner, and so the loophole was just make your own business card. Hence, why everyone was like, "Oh, I'm the creative director of, you know, start with typewriters or sartorial inclined or the bangle Stripe or, you know, what whatever that was." But anyway, sorry, Rob, go ahead.
2: No, no, no. I was going to say, um, <clears throat> and I definitely want to talk about how it seems like there's this kind of like wing of menswear conversation that's increasingly driven by people who started out as like content creators on Tumblr or, you know, blogs. Um And that story just kind of highlights kind of that aspect of it's like, you know, you're sort of one person in an industry that doesn't, you know, was maybe slower to uh recognize the, the influence or the importance of like individual viewpoints. So, that story to me is just like, how do you kind of put on that, you know, look of being more professional than perhaps it may have been like on a day to day basis? Um, I also think Capsule would probably just be really happy that people would show up at this point.
0: Well, yeah, I was gonna say, but what like, cause Nico, how old were you when you first started that?
1: Uh, so that was probably halfway through college I was like you know 20 maybe 21 the latest but I definitely had no idea what I was talking about just you know I was reading other blogs and then kind of riffing on that giving my own take on what I was interested in at the time which you know was like the sort of take ivy renaissance um of trad style and all that kind of stuff and. Yeah, I think I kind of was maybe one of the first Tumblr blogs to really start posting stuff like that. And that's why I had such a strong following at the time and sort of connected with you and Lawrence and all those people.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you also had good taste. I mean, I think that's the thing because there were a lot of blogs at that time. And I remember everyone was calling you out because, yeah, I mean, you had – You just you had good taste like there was a there was a good mixture of and I don't know if this was like the JJ Jound effect or whatever. But you I think at the time when everyone was starting to write about like clothes and be like Michael Bastion is the God, you know, it would there you started, I think, incorporating things like um, architecture or a picture or an album, you know, in like building that world. And, you know, young or old or whatever, I think it was also cool to have that stuff on the internet because everyone wasn't the same age, but on the internet, we all were.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think what made people like, or like, you know, brands like Michael Bastion's brand so interesting was sort of the cultural references he was taking from, and you know, whether it's actors or movies or certain aspects of, you know, American culture. That really resonated with me and I thought why not I don't know I wasn't thinking too deeply about it but on tumblr you can just post whatever you want whenever you want and I was like well Ask I me really make like this album <laughs> I want to share this with the world so why not post it and I guess yeah that obviously resonated with a lot of people
0: well because um, where, where are you from originally you were, you were from New York proper right no
1: yeah, I'm from a small town called Bedford. It's where Ralph Lauren's country estate is. Um, Martha Stewart has a house there. It's have sort of been. that kind of that kind of lifestyle. I have not. I don't. I think there's like you know security guards and <laughs> that sort of thing. But okay, um, it's beautiful. I mean, you can see it from the street too. But I grew up around a lot of that kind of stuff, and um, you know, my mom taking me to the city to go to museums and uh, art galleries. So that probably informed a little bit of my taste. And then my cultural background, I'm half Indian, half Mexican. So that probably also like growing up had some influence on my taste, Um, seeing things from like a little bit of a different perspective than everyone else I was growing up with. uh, I definitely paid more attention to what I was wearing to fit in um, or, you know, make some kind of statement about my interests and, Sort of showing people that there was more to me than um, whatever you see. I guess I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but no, I know what you mean. I mean
0: that's a very natural thing. I think it nowadays people are calling it out more as it's more significant. But like since you know the dawn of time, like every single person has tried to find a way to fit in with the people that they wanted to associate themselves with. You know, so, I mean, uh, whatever that was, whether it was clothes or, you know, livestock or, you know, I mean, getting super archaic, right? I mean, just, or the title that you had, it was a fine, you were trying to find a way to, like, be as one. And so, I mean, that's, I think nowadays people are like, oh, that's, you know, there's more of an empathetic relationship of people who come from uh, backgrounds that are existing in worlds that, you know, were not uh historically is welcoming to them like I don't know how to say this in like the most honest p c way, but it's like you know it sucks being the minority in whatever you know whatever it is, and so a lot of times people attach themselves to the cultural identities to move forward,
1: yeah, for sure, and I think you know going into middle school and high school and developing a taste in music, uh I gravitated towards the. The punk scene, maybe not like hardcore. I wasn't like, you know, Brian or From Wooden Sleepers or uh, Chris <laughs> Black. I wasn't like at that level. But um, Brian and I have actually talked about, you know, a lot of like Long Island post-hardcore sort of emo bands that we definitely had the same taste in. What were the bands and, you were listening to? Uh, mostly Long Island stuff like draw and King Mac Sunday, Brand New. Uh, I think a couple of those have been canceled since because of oh, things yeah. that have come out after yeah. the fact But that...
0: <laughs> brand new has had a couple, couple issues there, but yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's a, not something I still listen to, but that definitely informed my, um, my, my self identity and like figuring out my place in the world and what I was interested in. Um, Definitely started paying a lot more attention to what I was wearing to reflect my interests around that time. And that was also around the same time I got into message boards. And I was on message boards for video games, uh, graphic design, everything I was interested in. And somehow along the lines, it got to talking about clothing on those message boards. Someone told me about Super Future. They told me about Style Forum. Uh, told me about like helmet Lang and Dior and that was really my my entry point into fashion blogging I guess eventually what was the first so, message board you were in it was like a Final Fantasy message board honestly it's kind of sweet kind of embarrassing but <laughs> go
0: on yeah <laughs> which one just like all of them or was this like cloud Base seven
1: I honestly don't remember it definitely doesn't exist anymore <laughs> but it was like a small niche one, and um, yeah, I was just looking for like probably some kind of user guide to like get past a certain point in the game and mm. stumbled upon this and started talking to people. Um, yeah, so I started on that, ended up in Super future, and that was where I met a couple other people who are still kind of in the scene, like uh Scott Mertopoulos and oh yeah, he invited me to like this house party one year for New Year's and I got a little too drunk. You know, I was like fresh out of college and blacked out. And then the next day there's all these people hitting me up on the internet. Like so good to meet you. And Oh shit. Okay. So you <laughs> made a so bunch of friends. <laughs> a, made a bunch of friends without really knowing it. And, um, yeah, that was my first kind of like from the internet to in-person, uh, uh, converting those relationships and developing a little more stronger friendships with people
2: which was fun. And this was like mid 2000s, like that era.
1: This was probably like 2008, 2009. um oh, okay. And then shortly after that I met Lawrence uh schlossman he I mean, you know, Frank fits. He really was kind of like a spirit guide in the world because he just had a certain level of self-confidence that I didn't have and he just had the uh, the ability to just say whatever was on his mind whenever he wanted and away with it and that was pretty inspiring he along the same time that i met jeremy at capsule uh actually got me an internship with bpmw who he had just got hired for and they're the ones who put on the capsule capsule trade show and so lawrence did right yeah so i was working with lawrence for a few months until he jumped ship to park and bond
0: and oh my god
1: yeah, I Park ship.
0: and Bond. Wait, can you yeah. very quickly explain what Park and Bond was?
1: I, from my <laughs> recollection, it was <laughs> an offshoot of Guilt Group, mm. um, who do those kind of um, discounted sales for brands, and they created a specialty website. They hired a lot of you know. Big names from the industry at least for me at the time nick
0: wooster tyler yeah. thorson tyler thorson of men.style.com and because it was guilt man first right uh because then right, right. they had guilt man and then that evolved into park and bond and park and bond was the full price high-end retail experience mm. um yeah and lawrence was on there and it's interesting because to kind of sorry to, to like interrupt but like the the bigger thing that like uh rob was talking about too is you kind of had all these like friends helping out friends thing, right? I mean, not that you didn't deserve or earn any of the thing. Let me be explicit as possible on that. I don't think that people give people jobs that suck at it, but there is an aspect. Of, well, <laughs> Rob's shaking his head, but like there, there was an aspect there yeah. of, <laughs> of, you know, you're, you're you're helping out your friends, and and you and you want to like. There was definitely more of a team mentality where it's like oh i'm jumping over here who of who of the homies can i bring with me
1: yeah for sure so lawrence had actually jumped ship and then he um assisted on the photo shoot um for ovario and sons which we got to talk about that go ahead yeah which (laughs) justin chung justin chung was (laughs) also shooting so both of them were like oh yeah nico's a homie like he's great you guys should hire him so that's how i I ended up with my first full-time job in the industry and it was amazing you know it was a dream to like go in for the interview and i go into their showroom and there's just racks full of double-breasted sport coats and <laughs> you know club collar shirts and whatever you know trousers with the side taps which was amazing to see in person for the first time and yeah that was the dream <laughs> and somewhere along the way i got a little diluted and. Um, I ended up, you know, five years down the line, jumping ship again and coming to Grail.
0: You, wait, hold on. Okay, because you weren't at Park & Bond for five years. Because I feel like Park oh, & no, Bond no, no. lasted for like one year. And I'm then they were enough. just like, yeah, <laughs> a race.
1: <laughs> I wasn't at Park & Bond. Lawrence went to Park & Bond. He got me the job at Ovadia. So. Ah,
2: okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And by this time, you're you're living in New York City, it sounds like.
1: No, I was actually still... Oh, you were commuting? Bedford commuting every With day Ralph? With Ralph train. Lauren?
2: Yeah, in his private jet <laughs> or a helicopter I wish. or whatever. I
1: actually, I actually saw uh, Doug Filmer from Double RL on that train a couple of times.
2: So, yeah. Wait, know, so you're doing the commuter, but, you know, making it happen in the city kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And I remember around the same time, Aaron Levine posted something on his Instagram. Aaron from, I think he was at that time... Maybe he was at Rose Gallery, yeah, and then and then Club, yeah, yeah. He posted something that he was, you know, on the same train as me. Like he didn't post about me that I was like, oh, I take that same train, and that's how I kind of like started talking to him. And it was great to talk to someone who, like, you know, I was following him when he was at Rogue's Gallery, and that was like looking at those lookbooks. The styling was just amazing. Um, another Tumblr blogger at the time who. Um was also a photographer. Sean Sullivan was in their lookbooks. Uh that's how I I met Chris Black was through Sean Sullivan. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. What what was Sean Davis? His,
0: the impo- it was the
1: Impossible Cool? Impossible Cool, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Oh man, I remember that. Is he what's what's he up to?
1: Dude, <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't, okay. <laughs> haven't seen anything from him in yeah. since since those times. But wild. Yeah. But,
0: But yeah, so you were like getting ingratiated with all the homies. Then you go into Ovadia, and that was Ovadia was interesting because that was like a super hot like brand for a while, and they were great designers, Ariel and Shimon. But like, I feel like, and I you know, and obviously this is all like behind the scenes sort of paywall thing, but I feel like it was your testimony about shit that was going on there that brought to light some of the craziness that was happening at Ovadia. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, (laughs) you know, when you, when you enter a sphere like that, that's, you know, so hard to break into in the first place and you're finally in it, um, you can kind of let things slide if it's like, you know, you expect, that you know, it's going to be a lot of hard work and there's going to be long hours and You really have to grind to to get to that place but seeing the sort of parallels of a lot of stories of other people i was working with i kind of realized you know a lot of these people are quitting or getting fired after three or six months and how am i the only person who's kind of sheltered from this i started to realize that I was definitely getting preferential treatment, but I felt really guilty about that. And I realized that a lot of the other people that I was working with were being held to like sort of impossible standards. And I think in the industry, there's already such a pressure to stand out um, as a brand and really make make accommodations for the stores you're working with and the the partners you're working with to kind of like, everyone's kind of bending over backwards all the time and everything needs to be done yesterday. And this wasn't unique to Avadia, but it was something I realized that was an environment that was unhealthy and I didn't want to be a part of anymore. So I try to, you know, gracefully bow out of that. And in doing so, they sort of, took offense to maybe the way I did it I'm not sure how did you do it I don't remember how things soured but I just kind of told them you know I gave them my two weeks and they asked for me to like kind of tie up any loose ends which I was happy to do and they're like by the way you know they kind of just like made some sly remark on one of the emails they were like did you get your mom to write this right resignation letter um oh mama.
2: oh like, dude.
1: Holy like shit. Gently <laughs> gently told me that like, you know, they had like lawyers ready to go if I was gonna try anything. Dude. And I was like, dude, I've worked for you for five weeks. Like we were friends, or like friendly before this. Um
2: yeah.
1: and that was kind of like what opened my eyes to the fact that this was all just business to them and they didn't really Think of me the way I thought they did. And so, I just let it all spill in the glass door. I just, you know, all the yeah. all the times things kind of cross the line with anyone. <laughs> I was, you know, more than happy to share that because it, it didn't need to be brought to light, not just with them, but like within the industry, I think. This is wow. just kind of commonplace, unfortunately.
0: Want to hear the rest? Join us over on Patreon. You'll hear this episode in tons more exclusive pods. From the return to Sid Mashburn. I mean, the return of everyone. But you get more Rob and Jeremy conversations. You get Rob and me with other guests. It's just a chock full of pods. But you also get access to our private members-only Slack group, where we chat about menswear and everything else. So visit patreon.com forward slash blamo And we'll see you there.